Good afternoon, St. Louis DGS on KMOX. Happy Monday to you. Having a real stretch of beautiful weather here. I think Chris Ronji and I'd rather see it about ten degrees. Yep. Less, but yep. you know, that's okay. You know, it was. Uh, I think it got up to like seventy-seven or something, mm. seventy-eight on Saturday, but somehow it was like a cold seventy-eight. I hear you. So it still felt pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I love this fall stuff, man. Beautiful. Uh, So, Kevin Wheeler is out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is going to be the quietest Mm -hmm. this studio ever is on the breaks. I mean, I don't even know what to do. (laughs) Just bask in it. Yeah, I I mean, I guess so. I I mean, it's almost like it's going to be uncomfortable, like when you're in an (laughs) elevator with someone. before Chris and Amy came in, you and I were just sitting here silently, and yeah. it was like, you know, we it's know how to be nice. quiet together. We know how to have a comfortable silence, yeah. but it was so foreign. At the same time, it was like, is everything okay? Is it's so mad no, at me? It's, yeah. it's I, like, that's I, how you know you're comfortable with people. I can't hear in here with the glass wall and everything, but I can see, you know, what's going on, and I'll always see when I look in on the breaks, I see like, Dave, he's quiet. He's usually looking at notes or whatever. Rach is quiet, looking at the computer, looking at the board, whatever. And then, yeah, uh, Kevin will be where Chris is sitting, and I'll see the mouth just going. <laughs> he is powered. Like, he's filling the space. I, I think he's powered by that Tony Stark thing in his heart. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think it will just run a, a whole building for a year. Never met anyone like him. He's wow. never. Wow. We and, and you know here's the thing. So he's how long has he been on the show now? A year? About a year. Yeah, About a year? it'll be a year next month. So of course there's the honeymoon period, mm-hmm. and so when we go to breaks, he actually ramps up and he talks more than he does in the show, <laughs> and he talks louder. You guys <laughs> can yeah. vouch. And so for maybe the first three months, I w- was engaged. Like, I have to pee really bad. It's break, and I drink a lot during the show. But I would stay, and I would just look him in the eye, and I'd listen to his stories about his ankles or whatever it was. <laughs> and and then, like, at some point, one time, I just walked out. Yes. And as I walked out in my periphery, I could see him just swivel his chair from me to Rachel. And I'm like, fine, fine. Good with me. That's a, that's a Rachel he kind of problem. He's not insulted. No, he's no, just he doesn't care at all. So I, I learned that too. I learned that you can just in the middle of a conversation with Kevin, you can just turn around and walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's in the middle of speaking and you can just leave and it's like, well, he he'll power down a little bit <laughs> yeah. as you leave, but that's it. When you think of things that are like are amazing, like okay, NFL athletes, the best NFL players, they're truly freaks of nature because they're so fast. They're so big. They're so strong. They're so coordinated. And I'm always amazed if you meet an NFL player or watch a practice that not only is are these freaks of nature here, but there's enough to make a whole league. Like, that's incredible. That many people that are that astounding. With this show, think of how many times... Look, I've never met anyone like Andrew. I've never met anyone like Kevin. How did you guys all find each other? Yeah, kind of like the Beatles, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of yeah, is. It's pretty weird. I've never met anyone like Andrew. I, I mean, I'm, I was amazed I this Ringo. morning. I, I didn't have <laughs> words this morning. I don't even know what he was doing, but I just turned around in my chair and stared at him. Yeah. Because I've never experienced Andrew. Speaking of Andrew, uh, so I am hosting the Folds of Honor Gala on Saturday. And I always try to lose a few pounds, fit into the blazer, and, you know, I'll be up on stage. And so this week's going to be very sparse for Dave when it comes to eating. And Andrew really helped me out. Uh, <laughs> I was eating my one grilled chicken breast, 
and he had some sort of uh, store-bought pasta, and he seemed invested in it, like, I bought a lot of this, I hope it's good. (laughs) And then he says, I don't think this is even shrimp. It just tastes like hot dogs. Tastes like hot dogs. (laughs) And... I like it immediately sickened me and I have a pretty strong stomach. I'm a guy, right? I mean, like I can hang with the best of them on the gross out game, but just looking at his (laughs) tiny little langostinos that tasted like hot dogs, I was just like, well, I'm guessing I'm going to lose more weight today than I thought because now I can't even eat the chicken. I felt bad. I knew I had messed up. I didn't know it was going to be a thing. I knew I had messed up. What about these shrimp taste like hot dogs? (laughs) You didn't, you were surprised by how that would gross people out. Dave had a big reaction. Dave went, ah, like that. Yeah. I'm eating like like two things today. Like with his chicken in his hand, he went, ah. (laughs) I felt bad. I'm very, I'm very impressionable. A friend of mine. Texted and he said, "Hey, Schnooks has these Marie Calendar meals. They are half of what they normally normally they're like four bucks. They're only two dollars right now. I'm always looking for stuff for work lunches, so I was like, I'm on it. I got in my car right then and drove because I <laughs> no that, time well, to like, waste. That's what motivates you to take immediate action. I was like, well, well, sure, well surely these will be selling what if, out. What, what, if they, gotta, what if they raise the price to a buck fifty by the time I get there? I was like, surely these will sell out in an instant." So I got in the car and I sped down there as fast as I could. I sped down there. <laughs> and so I just started. He's like, <laughs> frozen foods, Marie Calendar aisle, please. Well, he's a first responder. He got in the car faster than and they had fire so department ma- does. They had so many of them left. So I- <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, yeah. a- they taste like hot dogs. You think it's going to be a-, <laughs> a run on the grocery store for Marie Calendar? So I took like 10 of those and 10 of them Vermont cheddar mac and cheese. So we'll see. It wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. What do you mean it wasn't bad? It wasn't. I mean, it, they tasted like hot dogs. But that was he fine. likes hot dogs. So I like not hot dogs. Minus. Yeah, I like hot dogs. Might be a bit of an improvement, really. <laughs> I like shrimp too. I was expecting shrimp, but you know. <laughs> but also, like, because Rachel was like, "Yeah, I wouldn't probably eat something like that that had shrimp in it." Yeah. So I got to thinking, like, maybe it's better. Maybe it's better they weren't real shrimp. One of my favorite things that happened back when we were at Emmis, the old company, was somebody microwaved shrimp linguine and went back to their office for the five minutes it took. And by the time they got back, someone had eaten the shrimp out of it. <laughs> what is wrong with what? people? Yeah. What? That's awesome. They pulled it That's out. so funny. They're like, damn it. I'm like, what? They're like, someone eat the shrimp. That's awesome. I, I just can't wrap my mind around eating another person's food. Do you think Andrew did it? No. Whose shrimp was it? I didn't work at his law office. No, no it he said at Emmis. Oh, was it at Emmis? I thought yeah. you said at your old. He's like, oh, yeah, that's probably yeah. me then. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't do that. I think that. it I was eat. Drew Johnson's. And, and it's still a mystery who ate the shrimp. That's, wow. That is so that is funny. The fact that he just ate the shrimp. He didn't take the whole dish. Whoever it was. I don't know why you're assuming it's a he. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's. What if it was me and I've been hiding it this whole time? And I'm like, that is so nasty. I would someone never eat someone food else's like food. That. That's like the one criminal thing you've ever done. <laughs> well, no, is it, though? Or no, does it make you a, question? It's not a crime. Does it make you, men- make you reevaluate who Rachel is? I'm no. just stealthily stealing shrimp. Yeah. I still think she's a really nice lady. 
I bet you, but you could you could probably have a moment where you. I think every good person, an, every now and then, has an impulse and does something. Like Amy does something wrong every now and then. Oh yeah, Amy has kids chained in a basement somewhere. Maybe there's oh no doubt. Oh my gosh, kids, here's yeah. just the average. Kids, here's your stolen <laughs> shrimp for the day. <laughs> <laughs> These taste like hot dogs. <laughs> Eat up! I don't. We only have ten Marie calendar meals left. <laughs> yeah, Amy's We're running out sailing. of here faster than you did. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing, Rachel? Didn't you steal something once? Um, one time I did eat Trisha Seekman's popcorn. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking, but okay. She had popcorn on her desk. And so I was when you like, say you can't even imagine taking well, someone else's food. That's different because this was like a whole bag of popcorn. It wasn't, you know, digging through someone's homemade dish and so picking out the protein. So if you're going to eat it, you're going to eat all of it. Well, if I'm going to eat it, it's going to be like nicely packaged from Pop and Crisp popcorn. And that it was like, it could have maybe belonged to anyone, but it was definitely like on her desk. It was at, it was at Emmett's. It was like a common area, but it was her desk. Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where we had like, they were our desks, but they were also just like other, like other people would use them. So it was yeah. like, maybe this is someone else's popcorn. I'm not sure. Did you ever tell her? Yeah, I think I did. I mean, I've well, talked about did. it. All, I've talked about it on the air like ten <laughs> times, so she should know by now that I uh, ate her popcorn. It's so funny. Yeah, it's really her fault to watch Phoebe. <laughs> yes, to watch Phoebe go through that because Phoebe's in her first semester at KU, and she has a roommate, and then two suite mates with a little Jack and Jill bathroom in the middle, and uh, watching her go through like who eats. <laughs> The other person's food and who does this mm. and who borrows the clothing and so. Can I tell you, I've never really had a problem with roommates and taking food. That's I don't know. It's just I my experience. Either, I was the one who did it. So oh, you did? <laughs> he was the shrimp stealer. But see, I, I would. I did have actually I had one roommate one time. I had a maybe I told you this, but I had a Ben and Jerry's. A pint, and I remember I, I knew it was in the freezer, and I was coming home from work, and I, it was just like I'm thinking about this ice cream, <laughs> and I'm gonna have it. And I get home, and I take it out of the freezer, and it you know felt full, and I open it up, and this piece of crap had eaten it, filled the carton with water, so it would freeze, mm -hmm. and then he taped a dollar bill like to the top of it to the lid. And he, he closed the lid. He put it back in the freezer. So That's so much harder than buying your own I know, ice cream. right? I know. But I was pretty clever because I took it. You know, I got it out of the freezer. I walked all the way to the couch. And mm. I had my spoon, and I'm ready to go. And I open it up, and I That's go, what the so hell? Frozen sad. water. Oh, oh man, That's it was awful. devastating. It was Marjorie Taylor, Greg. I Was it? Yeah, he I did that. <laughs> Today's slap your annoying coworker day. Oh. Not even kidding. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're all glancing nervously around the room. <laughs> well, with Wheeler gone Is and your hot took dog off? hijinks, yeah. you definitely made my list. So. <laughs> we did all look around. Like, kind of We're thinking joking, about. But kind of not joking. Yeah, what, what if, what if Trisha Siegman just walked in and slapped Rachel and walked back out? That's for the popcorn. <laughs> It felt like very slowly it. everyone's head turned towards me. Like everyone kind of to each other, and then you all kind of made up your mind on who the annoying one was. Do you ever feel, Amy, when you come into work, mm -hmm. and Andrew comes in after us a little bit, yeah. and you're like, I, are you in the mood for Andrew today or not? I will say. I have those feelings. I, my, one of my best, best moments of the morning for me is when Andrew walks in, because one, it's weird when he's not there. 
I ha- I, it's just weird. It's 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 just different. But his unsettling presence somehow <laughs> makes unsettling. things right. And when he's not there, it's like someone's got to absorb. It's a charming, unsettling feeling. It's like li- there's like this off-putting aura. Mm-hmm. And when Andrew is there, he absorbs it. Mm-hmm. But when he's not there, we're stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't generate it. He you guys, absorbs he's here. It. He can hear this everything that's being hurtful. said. <laughs> he's right there. This is so no, hurtful. I said I love him, though. Like, that, I that, love it. That, that, well, that's not how that works. Here's the thing. You know, when it, some, Andrew has this thing that he does a lot where he's sitting over in his seat and he just goes. <sighs> I don't do it to them. Yes, you do. Because then I don't, you know. I do it to you guys. I don't do it to those. Two. Oh, you do it to us. Yeah. He's inviting yeah. us to say, what's wrong, Andrew? Yeah. Well, and the then three he vents. Of us, the three of us are always vying for the attention of the other two. Yeah. I care I about their time, attention. so I don't do it to them. Oh, this is what he does. Also, he does like whenever we're talking, he'll spin around slowly in his chair and put his hands together and go, can I offer you some very unsolicited advice? Very (laughs) unsolicited. Once a day. Dave, do you also feel like you are finding out that like your dad had a second family or something? <laughs> like it, it's like he has this whole other no. life with Amy and Chris. Uh, it is. No, and he's no, part no. of our family. I I had my hurt about six months ago and I found out that he was coffee cheating on us. Yeah, with Chris. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's oh, been going goes, on. It goes so much deeper than that. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. No, it's just. It's yeah, Todd like, downstairs was like, "Oh, it's great to see you." Like, uh, saw Andrew earlier with uh, Chris and Amy. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? With, with who? who? Andrew, Andrew Cuomo? <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I didn't just assume. Honestly, I will say every day at 10 o'clock, I forget Andrew's not on our show. That's how much of a, between 9 and 10, that's how much of a part of it he is. I care about their time more than I care about you guys, so that's why. <laughs> That's why they don't see that annoying stuff. Define unsettling. <laughs> um, I think he did. Just now. We have, okay. There's just a lot of conversations and th- like, and it goes from very serious to joking. Just, it's just a, it's a real roller coaster. They're always it's, talking about some weird stuff and then I feel the need to jump in. And he always says something inappropriate. Just, yeah. Well, There's always no, an inappropriate, yeah. Nuh-uh. Yeah. yeah. You're the one who... This is what it's like. Okay. No, I got a picture. No, it I, is I, I asked for a definition. I got a demonstration. <laughs> I feel weird now after all that. Now? <laughs> things get thrown. Things get said. Yeah. I never throw anything. You guys throw things. You at threw the coffee, the stressed coffee mug. I've never once thrown that thing because I'm sick of it getting thrown at this me. This is very Trumpian. Like everything you're accusing him of, he's <laughs> like accusing you of. I am caught. You are. You have hit me in the head with things, Amy. I have never that once was Kevin thrown something Killeen. at you. Kevin at your Co- request, Kevin- he said, "Throw this over there," <laughs> and he whipped it and it hit me in the side of the head. Okay, <laughs> brought to you by the Pasta House. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. One twenty-four DGS. We will somehow make our way through the Wheelerless show. Uh, I was saying, like, can you imagine getting stuck to, next to Wheeler in a plane? And that led to this, led to that, and led to a story about someone uh, not being able to stop the person next to them from talking to them. <laughs> to what degree do you guys struggle with that? With be- I struggle with being appropriately firm. Like, I'm typically either way too nice or I blow up on someone. I, I, I'm getting way, way better with it in my older middle age, but... Uh, 
Like, if, if I were on a plane and someone just started chatting me up and it was really bugging me, I would have a hard time just being like, I'm sorry, but I didn't get much sleep or I'm working on a project. Are you guys pretty good at that? Crazy enough, I'm really good at shutting it down where it's usually pretty obvious because I, I stop using words. I just go, mm. I just smile, mm-hmm. I kind of smile and nod, and then I put headphones on Yikes. and I start reading. Oh, yeah, I just kind of go, <laughs> I, like, I'm really good at shutting it down, which makes me question if I'm a friendly person. But I mean, I can, because like you said, sometimes you actually have work to do or you didn't get any sleep or something important's coming up. And it is partly on that person. You have to understand social cues. So I will say my cues are I just stop using words and I'll kind of nod and put headphones on. And then that would do it. Get if it. I were sitting next to you, yeah. I would I would get that message. Yeah. And I don't a lot of people don't. They don't get that message. And I don't know how you don't understand social cues unless you're just socially awkward. I think I'm pretty good at it for the most part, but there are times where I'll get stuck and I I can't find a way out of it because what I start to think is I'm going to hurt this person's feelings if I tell them, look, I got to go. I'm sorry. And so then I try not to, but really, you're not going to hurt their feelings. They're just, they're going to be like, okay, all right, we'll see you. Nice talking to you. And then they move about their day. But you feel like you're really going to embarrass them somehow. Yeah. And I don't want to embarrass people. There was a, an ad for Johnny Brock's, and Ed is the owner, and Chris asked, who's Johnny? And I said, I don't know. I don't know if there really was a, a Johnny. It might be like if I opened a place called Doug Glover's and everyone really laughed. <laughs> and that led me to how much I don't like my name. And uh, I've been told so many times from so many people, like, you have the perfect famous guy name, Dave Glover, the Dave Glover Show. And... I've always felt that way. I feel like it's a mouthful. I feel like every really? every time Dave Glover. Yeah, it's hard to say without sounding like you have a speech impediment. Like <laughs> it somehow just all gets caught. It's like one big mashed up syllable. No, See, I, you're that's wrong. weird. I think mine is awful. So like the hard it, A and the soft like O of Glover. Dave Glover is perfect. That's why. That's what I thought. That's why Doug Glover sounds different because it's the two soft U's. No, you, yeah, no, I, I hate my name. I think Same. it's. I think it does not. It's horrible. Chris Ranji and Amy's is twice as bad as mine. No, I love mine. I love your. Okay, yours is better because I just yours, don't like it. Yours would be weirder if you were Ron Ranji. <laughs> now that's or, a guy. You were listening to the Ron Ranji yeah, show. That's oh. a guy I'm buying real estate from. No, that's Ron a, Ron. That's a great name. Ron Ron. Ron, Ron? Ro-ro. Yeah. <laughs> don't like it. I don't know, it's just, it's tough to say, and people, when they see it, they don't know how to, first of all, they don't know how to spell it, and when they do see it, they don't know how to pronounce it. I just don't like it. I feel like you are overly dramatic about your name. Well, listen to you. This person telling me I'm overdramatic about something. <laughs> Andrew, I like Andrew's name, and he doesn't like his last name. Oh, my name's horrible. The whole thing. It's not. I and still don't Andrew even know how you say it. Stoles. I've known you 12 years. And I, I, I swear you go back and forth. I don't, but that's the problem is that it seems like I do because <laughs> it's a bad and stupid name and it's got a silent letter. You guys need to stop being so rough on yourselves for your names. You have no control over it and all of you have very nice names. I love my oh, name. I see, love Mark scores. We should all change it. Do you like Zimmerman? I love it. I do too. Thanks. Good. <laughs> I would trade. I'll trade you. Uh, no, thank you. Okay. I'll stick with the Z. There at the already end of the is alphabet. a Chris Zimmerman. He's with the blues. Oh, yeah. You could marry her and you could be Ranji Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean you're good? <laughs> that was a, that was a the hell does, response. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it just means I'm good. <laughs>
Well, forget it. The trip to Japan is off. <laughs> it's off. I just, I just put my head. I'm not going to Japan like, with you again <laughs> anymore. It's over. Well, okay. If you two got married, would it be Chris and Rachel Zimmerman? I would take her last name. Yeah. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah. Would you take mine? Yep. Done. One thirty-five DGS. We are still. Uh, we still have time to take your Halloween campfire story submission. Uh, we will be playing those, gosh, it's this week, right? Wednesday? Wednesday. Damn. Uh, so mm-hmm. Wednesday through, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Monday, we'll be playing your scary stories uh, from 4.30 to 5. And then on Halloween proper, we will be doing an hour because I have some of my own stories, some of which happened during the DGS Halloween because we've been doing that for 20 plus years. And some are just things from my life. I think they're pretty interesting and it should be a lot of fun. Brought to you by Lord Distributing and uh, uh, the Believer, right? The big yes, foot, Portlandia, big Believer, Portlandia Cabernet Sauvignon. I, I, I just had a case delivered to me. I can't wait to take it home and taste it tonight. It's really fun. These guys, they always have cool stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They always have really good affordable wines and spirits, and uh, so many times there's uh, a hook to it like that. Yeah. This one has a picture of Bigfoot on the top of it, so if you have oh. a, a Bigfoot person in your life like me, that's an easy, easy purchase. We'll be telling you about that uh, given the week. If you'd like to tell me your story, go to dgshalloween at gmail.com. Give me a novel, give me a sentence, a paragraph, whatever you want, and then we'll get in touch with you and maybe do some recording. Uh, what else housekeeping stuff do we need to talk about? <laughs> So I wanted to talk about uh, the landscape of politics with Chris and Amy here, uh, especially with Amy, because you're my most pro-Israel friend that I have. Uh, So given what has transpired in the last few days, which has surprised me, I have been surprised by the uh, numbers, the passion, the different quarters uh, of the pro-Palestine stuff that I'm seeing and the anti-Israel stuff that I'm seeing to the point that it's my understanding that Joe Biden, who, by the way, called himself a Zionist, that was interesting, uh, seems to be applying gentle pressure to Israel to, hey, just, you know, Take it easy. Maybe don't go in quite yet. Let's try to get some hostages back. Chris was telling us that uh, the reports are that two more hostages have been released. Israeli hostages. Israeli hostages. Um, The first two were Americans. Yes. Yep. So let me, I'm going to throw it to you and you tell me whatever you want to tell me. But I, this is not a Donald Trump moment of Hezbollah is so smart, but I think it's shrewd of Hamas to do this. Because I think if they keep trickling out hostages, it makes it harder for Israel to invade uh, if you have any questions about that at all. Because then it's like, hey, man, they were releasing the hostages. So that seems like a shrewd move on their part. Tell me whatever you, whatever you want to tell me. Yeah, I I don't know the motivations behind releasing the hostages. Um, obviously, we just knew about the two Americans who were released, a mother and daughter, and no details on that. Uh, Chris just uh, told us about the last Yeah, it's a report two. out of the Middle East, a, a publication called Al Monitor, which I had never heard so of. But it's about that. It's got a lot of uh, followers, and it's got the gold badge. So, And, and this is that's what's difficult about now, and... Mm-hmm. And, and Twitter and what Elon has done to it, you don't really know the badges to trust. 
because anybody can get a blue badge, but the gold one is supposed to indicate an actual organization. So it's it's some publication that has some kind of um, you know reputable. I guess, yeah. anyway, it seems that way. Yeah, so I, I don't know or want to speculate, you know, about the motivation behind releasing the hostages. I will just say, like, over the past three days, really just over the entire weekend of just inundating myself and watching coverage, reading coverage, following people in the situation, um, a lot of the protests and demonstrations across the country, whether it's in, you know, the streets of cities like Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Clayton, or on universities, or just from high-profile names like we know, like uh, certain activists and such, I'm immensely disheartened by not necessarily just the pro-Palestinian protests, but the openly pro-Hamas tactics in the Palestinian protests, whether it is, you know, the paragliders on the signs or the shirts, or uh, there's a sign that actually has been circulating, I think was here locally as well, of the Star of David in a trash can, and it says, keep the world clean. I know there are some ISIS flags. There was actually even an LGBTQ, like, rainbow flag, LGBT for Palestine well, then another Palestinian protester was ripping down the rainbow flags because that's not necessarily a popular lifestyle um, in Gaza. But the we hear so often like Israel has to be careful in its response. It has to be careful, um, you know, not to kill any, any citizens or to be very smart, be precise. And also, you know, you don't want to radicalize any more people. And I get it. And, I, and I've said over and over, yes, Israel has to maintain the highest moral military code in its response and as it defends itself. And I think it does. Uh, generally, historically has held a very high military code. But as far as the radicalization, that ship has sailed. And, and what I mean by that is Hamas lies. I think Israel could be so careful that, let's say, not a single citizen dies as a, as a result of any of their response or military action. Not a single citizen dies. Hamas will still lie and still kill its own citizens and blame it on Israel. In the same way that when the hospital was hit, that Hamas said this is an Israeli airstrike, and then the president said the U.S. intelligence says it's not. Israel intelligence said it's not. Even the BBC's own reporting said, yeah, it looks like it's not. You had a U.S. congresswoman in Rashida Tlaib still spreading that lie, saying you're on the wrong side of history, Joe Biden. Israel did this, and she was crying about Israel committing war crimes, and all of those lies will spread. That's going to happen because it's an ideology. It just It's, it's an ideology of a group, Hamas, that wants to— to kill all Jewish people, and the lies will continue. Will Israel need to be surgical in its response? Yes. Do I believe that they should and do hold the highest moral code? Yes. But I was so disheartened by the openly anti-Semitic pro-Hamas. Like I said, not just pro-Palestinian, but anti-Semitic pro-Hamas language represented across the country over the weekend. And, and that's my, what, what you said is is how I feel, that they do have to be precise in what they do, because while Hamas will continue to claim that Israel is killing all of its citizens, there is a degree to which a group of people can be radicalized. It could be 2% of them radicalized, it could be 20%, it could be 80%. And I think the numbers do matter there, which is why I want to see them be careful especially because down the line, 
This isn't necessarily about right now. It's about five years from now, 10 years from now, if you have uh, kids who are caught up in the middle of this, and by the way, half that country, half of Gaza is children, and we've already seen pictures of and videos of children in hospitals, kids who are dead, and some really graphic, awful footage coming out of Gaza, to say that that won't have an impact on those families who could then down the line decide, you know what, that's it. I'm, I, you know, I didn't like Israel before, but now I hate them and I hate them to the point where I'm going to do X or I'm going to do like Y or saying, Z. Take action. More take action. There's protests. a, there's a difference between just disliking a group or hating a group. And then I'm going to do something about it now. That's why I think there has to be some care taken here I, because, yeah. because again, for every person, civilian who has kids have nothing to do with any of this. And, and if half the country is children yeah, maybe they would grow up to become Hamas terrorists on their own, but you can't just assume that's what's going to happen. You have to be careful in, in, in how many kids get caught up in this, especially the children. Yeah, and I, I think there's there's truth in that. I think over the weekend, like I said, I was I knew it was bad, but it was so horrendous, just the language that was used, a hate towards the Jewish people, um, you know, pro-Hamas tactics saying, well, you know, we don't really like it, but they brought it on themselves. That's, it was shocking and appalling as a human to see that. And I think too, again, I know just trying to put myself in that position, we keep saying, okay, you got to be careful because there's going to be action. There's going to be consequences to your actions. And I feel like, of course, Israel's got to be looking at us going, no, duh. We're surrounded on every border by countries and groups that want to blow us up. Hezbollah is taking action. You had Houthi uh, rebels shooting missiles from Yemen. You've got Iran. If anyone is so aware of the consequences of every action that they take, it's Israel. And so the position that they are in to defend themselves without every single border being invaded and then being attacked from every direction is something I can't even wrap my brain around. See, that's um, I am pro-Israel, but I am also an, an open, free thinker when it comes to everything. And I've learned a lot about the history, and I do draw a very bright line between the Palestinian people, as Chris mentioned, half of whom are minors, and Hamas. Uh, But my concern for Israel going in is every bit as much for Israel as it is for the Palestinians. I'm no military expert. I've never served a day in my life. I've never even played the game war. So take this with a grain of salt. But when I look at the map and I read the news stories, what I'm afraid of is that Israel is falling into some sort of trap, Mm -hmm. that Hamas did what they did the way they did to make it impossible for Israel not to come in, knowing that you have Hezbollah here, you have Iran there, and that it would be more difficult for Israel to fight on multiple fronts than it would for, for example, us. And I also don't want us to be involved. And it's becoming increasingly frightening to me that that it's not inevitable, but something has emboldened Iran because Iran is openly attacking us, like literally 
uh, and taking credit for it, attacking some of our ships and troops and such. There's an X factor out there that I don't know what it is, but it feels like some secret meeting between the Joker and the Penguin and all this happened and a, ha- a plan was hatched that we were obviously unaware of. But that that's one of my fears is just just because you can go in and just because you have the right and the moral uh, sanction to go in. I'm not sure that's the smartest thing right now. So that's what I'm watching. But again, what do I know? Rach, any thoughts? I, I, quite frankly, I just don't feel qualified to speak on it the way that you guys do. I mean, I have my my thoughts and emotions about it, but I, I'm not as educated as you guys. I, I do keep thinking of, back to what Chris was saying about the people in Palestine. I, I read an article today from The Guardian about these kids who have been bombed every night for the past two weeks and are you know, crying themselves to sleep and wetting themselves. And it's it's just heartbreaking and sad. And then you see all the stories of these hostages that are being held. And I mean, it's awful. It's awful on both sides. And I don't know how to speak on it in an educated way. So I'd rather just pass at this point if I could. Amy, just if you can take just like 60 seconds, you and I were both have been surprised by the amount and the uh, aggressiveness of the anti-Israel sentiment around the country and around the world. What do you think that we didn't realize? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I knew it was there. I mean, this was something I've been talking about for years. In 2022, there were 267 attacks on Jewish people in New York alone. That's one every 33 hours. Um, you saw a lot of anti-Semitic attacks happening in Paris and London. London police have recorded an increase in anti-Semitic hate crimes of almost 1,400, 1,400% since this started. And I think what it is, is... You look at those the expressions of anti-Semitism and you hope that the tip of the iceberg, that the iceberg is not as big as you think it is. And I knew it was, I mean, you know it's bad. Jewish people have been persecuted for their entire history and you know it's bad. But then to see the brazen openness of, again, not just pro-Palestinian marches, but pro-Hamas tactics— you know, an anti-Israel and anti-Jewish, not saying, well, some there's certain things with the government, just straight up anti-Semitism is shocking because it's like you are wondering how big the iceberg was going to be. And it's bigger than you thought. Yeah, agreed. So- is this fair or unfair? I know we have uh, uh, lots of people who listen who love Donald Trump and they get mad at me if I say that I don't. But I had a, a discussion with one of my friends. I have lots of friends who are very conservative and, and very Trumpy. And I asked my one most Trumpy friend <clears throat> who is going off on how uh, stupid uh, Talib is and how stupid uh, Palestinians are and how stupid everyone is because there's clear evidence that Israel didn't launch this rocket that hit the hospital. There's clear evidence that it was Islamic Jihad. How stupid they, and I keep emphasizing that word because that's the word he kept emphasizing. Do you have to be to not follow the evidence? And I said, sort of like denying the election results. And it's Stopped him in his tracks. And he's not someone to be stopped in his tracks. And he was quiet for about 30 seconds. And he said, I'm going to think about that and get back to you, which I respected him for. Hmm. But is there an analogy there? To me, there is. Well, I, 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 
Yeah, there there absolutely is. That means that you're willing to take on information and have your mind changed by by fact when a lot of people don't appear to be willing to do that because it's whatever they feel has happened, they will find sources that confirm what they have already felt. And anything that tells them otherwise, well, they're just lying. So all these outlets, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, they're all lying about the election. They're all lying. They're all in on it. They're all part of the liberal media. It is so easy to find sources of information that confirm what you've already decided in your mind has happened. And I I think that happens on both ends for sure. Uh, Sometimes it's a little more dangerous than others. But that's absolutely a perfect analogy. They're two different situations, but you're saying, hey, you're saying people need to take in information and then make a judgment, and you're not even willing to do that for this thing that you believe in. You've, you caught him, and I, I hope that when he thinks about it, he comes back to you and says, you know what? You're right. Fast hour. Thank you, guys. Have a good day.